is Nat. And this is Cindy. And this is Murado Lens, a feminist podcast hosted by two childhood friends who discuss embracing our inner bruja, sex, and culture. Always funny, always real. And we are here in New York, so if you hear a little background noise, that is why. But it's for a special reason. We are here with Chief Happiness, Happiness Officer of Leslie Inc. Yes. Leslie... Juvenecare. Juvenecare. <laughs> See, I thought I had it, guys. I literally had it two seconds ago, but I completely was going to butcher it, so I saved myself. That's all right. I want to start there, though. The CHO position. Mm-hmm. The Chief Happiness Officer. Yes. First of all, I love it. I think it's very creative, but I think it's where we are. Like, who are, where are those people in corporate America? Because we right. need that guy, not always the, chief, the CFO, right? Right. Um, how did that come about? Um, so Leslie Inc. It, it was a rebrand. So I was a part of my o- old company was LJA Coaching, and it was just me. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of clients, and I was finding myself overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious because I had so many clients and not enough time. Mm-hmm. And I realized, what could I do to reach more people? Well, we decided to do work happy retreats and to grow the business in a different way. So we incorporated. And obviously put my name on the Mm -hmm. masthead of the company. And I decided, well, what do I want to be? My accountant was like, what do you want to call yourself? President, CEO? And I was like, what about chief happiness officer? Technically, I'm president, but Mm -hmm. I like being chief happiness officer because people just know what that means, right? You just... You get it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be from any field or industry to understand what you're trying to deliver as a leader. Right. Because it's all about culture, business culture. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. at the fundamental basis of my organization is really enhancing Enhancing business cultures, mm-hmm. but doing so in a unique and different way, right. um, and even in an intuitive way. Right, right. Tapping into that inner bruja. That's yeah. right. Which, Let's talk about that. Yes. Well, I wanted to go. There's a bio. I read your stories and your mm-hmm. heartaches and your obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. So, though we're here now and you seem very happy and you have this amazing title, it wasn't always that way. Um, and some of your struggles were very painful. And through that and through your bio, it kind of says like that's what allowed you to see the light, you know, to actually be in darkness. So can we talk a little bit about those struggles or one in particular that kind of made you see the light? I would have to say it always goes from the very beginning. Um, my mom and dad met in the Philippines. My dad was an airman. My mom was a former child sex worker mm-hmm. um, because it was so poor. This was post-war Philippines, mm-hmm. and it was a developing third-world country. It's in so many ways, it still, still is. is yeah. And um, my mother, you know, recovering from that, she gets married young, and the relationship is abusive. Mm-hmm. And it's not that my parents are bad people. It's just that they learn bad habits, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so I grew up in a very violent um, tumultuous home. Um, not to say my parents didn't love each other and didn't love me. It's just, that was the way it was. A lot of mm-hmm. people believe you got to be violent to show you care right. that aggression. Right. Right. So I grew up that way. I was very anxious and almost had like separation anxiety from my mom. It was really crazy. And, um, after that we moved to the States and we were pretty much working poor. I have three brothers. So it was a large family. Um, and my, my parents worked all the time. So they, It wasn't that they weren't hard workers. It was just that, you know, they didn't have the skills to really leverage Mm -hmm. and to create a certain level of abundance and wealth. So we always were struggling. And even so much that I grew up in a Habitat for Humanity home. Mm. And so I... I, So that's a beautiful thing. Right. So I like that because it's a hand up, not a hand out. Mm -hmm. You know, we still Mm -hmm. had to pay the mortgage. It was even a smaller mortgage and we had to help build it. Mm -hmm. It really taught me something special about community and philanthropy and giving people dignity yes right. um and going through that was really important for me and you know i worked my way through college 
Um, my parents didn't help me. I was like, you're 18, sayonara. Like, good luck. You're on mm-hmm. your own. And worked my way, paid my way. Um, then I got married to my husband. And in 2008, that was the year we got married. The whole economy globally mm. went down. Right. And it was a struggle. And it was at that point where I learned to pretty much become a career coach. It just kind of landed on me. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, you, you're very motivating. You help people. You should do it. And I had a client in Coral Springs, Florida, who's a mayor at the time. And he's like, do you do resumes and that kind of stuff? You should do it. Got a bunch of referrals for you. So I started doing that, developed mm-hmm. that skill. We moved to France to start over. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had $17,000 of credit card debt, probably even more. And we moved to France to start over, paid off all that debt. My husband, I helped him get his dream job at Solomon Snowboards in the French Alps. Nice. Designing. Wonderful. Yeah, designing snowboards and bindings. And then I taught at a business school. I had my daughter, and I had postpartum depression and anxiety with her. Oh, wow. And it was in that experience that I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm very much intuitive and seeing entities and having dreams and mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And it made me realize, like, wow, there's so much more um, right. to life. Did, how did you differentiate postpartum from a bad day? Oh, postpartum is like a bad day that never ends. Mm-hmm. You go to sleep with a bad day, you wake up, the bad day's already begun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and for me, it was something, in, uh, a little bit of a not denial in the first three months because I, I'm not a depressed person. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who's, mm-hmm. I'm not Eeyore. I don't look on the negative side of things. Mm-hmm. And it was just this compulsion. Like anxiety is something that just grips you. Right. What did you do to, to tackle that? So I had a friend of mine, um, he's a doctor, um, he just said, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with you, this happens, it happens quite frequently, we're going to give you a life vest and we're going to help you and, you know, we had medication, we had counseling and all these things, but they still didn't get to the core of the issue, mm. what was really truly going on inside of me. Right and that spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And I found, you know, a couple of years later when I had my son Donovan, um, I had the same experience again, more spiritual visions, more stuff, and nobody could seem to tell me what was going on. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. or after he was born? After he was born. Mm-hmm. So uh, normal pregnancy, everything good, super stoked, happy. And then he was born, and then five months later, it all started happening again, the anxiety, the panic attacks, that kind of stuff. And I finally went to a shaman lady mm. um, and a priestess, if you will. And she and another and a, actually a psychologist were working side by side. And they were just they were just like, you're having the psychic awakening. You're going you have major gifts and they're going to grow even stronger. And you have past life stuff that's coming in and awakening. And so I did like these um, regressions mm. and I started having these memories of like ancestral traumas. Yes. Wow. Memories of dying and, you know, dying too soon, dying like a misfortunate death. And just it was like grief that had just been lifted off of me. It was just this wow. fantastic journey. And from there on, it, the intuitive village just seemed to just expand and grow. Very wow. interesting. How do you stay centered? What did you do? I mean, since then, it seems like you have brought in your career coaching and your intuitiveness to want to not only help yourself, but help others. So what have you, what do you still do to either maintain that? Do you go to a shaman? Do you go to a psychologist? Do you go to both? Like, what do you do? Okay. So I, 
I absolutely decided that there was something I needed to do with this. I wasn't going to waste this experience, mm-hmm. right? So many people think, oh, thank God that's over. And they just kind of like put it in your closet and move on with your life. But for me, I was like, I'm going to do something with this because surely I'm not the only one, right? Right. 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 And so I went and studied at a school in San Diego called the Motivational Institute of Hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And there they teach... Um, hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, um, energy therapy, just really different techniques to help people and coach them out of emotional disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it like a psychology thing. It's really a very special and unique school. I kind of called it Hogwarts for adults. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because they acknowledge the intuitive mm-hmm. because you're going and tapping into the subconscious mind. So I learned how to do all of these things. And I got different certificates and really began to hone my abilities. And then practice more in the spiritual aspect of tuning in, meditating, receiving messages from spirit. Was Reiki one of the things taught at this school as well? No, not that one. I actually got a, I became a Reiki master teacher through um, my ma- a Reiki master teacher in San Diego. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I learned how to do that too. So I inclu- include a variety of different modalities to help people out of their out of their darkness, if you will. Your mm-hmm. funk, yeah. Yeah. And this is also how you balance their chakras, so to speak. Like, how do you, is all these modalities, is this a way to help them find their pain and then cure it? Or what's the first step for anyone coming to you? If I come to you with like this, lots of traumas, right? A lot of darkness and heavy aura. What's the first thing you do? Well, what I do is a little bit differently because I do work specifically with professionals. So stress, anxious, overwhelmed, senior managers, executives, entrepreneurs. That's kind of my wheelhouse because that's pretty much what I had been doing for the eight years leading up to this change. Mm-hmm. And um, when they first come into my office, I actually read them. So it's kind of like you go in for a psychic reading mm-hmm. and I actually look at their energy. In fact, I prefer it if they don't tell me anything. Because mm. a lot of people get caught up in their stories, mm-hmm. right? So they get caught in the stories and it becomes all about that, the narrative or the dialogue. Well, for me, I just go directly to the energy and I go, okay, what's in there? What's going on? could right. be past life. It could be childhood. It could be some kind of imbalance in your chakras. It could be a thought pattern. So we look at which is which, which is being affected. And then we'll go into coaching and then, if necessary, energy therapies. Got it. Very nice. That's Mm. wonderful. I've never heard of somebody bringing the two together because it's almost as if our society sees the two as very different lanes, not not together at all. Absolutely. mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have you ever had any skeptical people approach you as if like they they want to they want to be coached, but they're not even sure like what a chakra is and like how do you break that down for them? I have to say um, I coached the action sports industry for a long time and that's you know surfing snowboarding skateboarding mm-hmm. and all that so these men that I was coaching they were all into the career 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 and then I was going like no it's not not just the career when you go into your career issue like it's just not that like there's some kind of childhood thing or an emotional thing or something wrong with your wife or whatever that's mm-hmm. affecting your performance mm. so when I was talking to men they would come in and they couldn't get to the bottom of it through traditional coaching so then I would apply these techniques and then they would just feel better so much faster. Wow. So applying intuition and energy therapy and traditional coaching in a way, um, like you see with Tony Robbins, right, Mm -hmm. is um, much more effective and faster. Um, Yes, there are some people that are just like, cut it out. Like when I was doing my rebrand, 
my one my one of my great mentors. She was actually responsible for the rebrand, part of the team for um, Euro Disney and uh, Disneyland Paris. You know mm-hmm. how it was, and she's all about the branding thing, right? And she's like, you got to cut out the psychic stuff. You got to cut out all of that because people just have a bad taste. The right. negative connotation behind like whatever bruja, witch, spirituality kind right, of right. blend in there. Right. So what I decided to do, and actually I did a survey of about 40 of, you know, 200 clients at that time. And I, and I saw, in fact, none of them said anything about psychic or anything. They just saw perspective, mm-hmm. guidance, and just feeling their own um, inner awareness Mm -hmm. so in fact I realized that I didn't have to say any of those things to get the point across because in fact they really don't care what I do or how I do it as long as I get the results yeah right right so that's that's how it is that I balance that in a in PR world right 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 but I still do the same things we just call it something else right 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 in essence you're you're not telling you're showing exactly right yeah they don't care (laughs) I really don't my, my question to you is that I love how you found your first moment of awareness happened with Western meets Eastern, in a sense, when you were with yeah. a shaman, a psychologist, mm-hmm. right? And not so many people have that option. People either go to shamans or they go to psychologists at separate times. Do you think that that helped you um, craft your business to include both Western and Eastern? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I live in North County, San Diego. You know, we're granola, we're crunchy. You know, it's like the land of fruits and nuts, we say. <laughs> I'm both, you know. And I go over there. In the French Alps, you know, to talk about intuition and stuff, which is where I lived for five years, people are like, no. Nah. But if you go to San Diego and, you know, L.A., they're like, oh, okay. They're into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, they were like, you know, totally fine. Because the, the, the psychologist, I was telling her the story of what was happening. And she was just like, you know what? I think I have somebody who could help you. So she brought that girl in. Wow. And that's how it changed. And a female shaman at that. Exactly. That's wonderful. Can I ask, um, was ayahuasca or used or not used in the process? No, not at all. No, just We're, smudging. And Very drums. Nice. And drums. And chanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, she herself, she channels some kind of, like, spirit guide. And um, just, is, it sounds like gibberish, honestly. It's like speaking in tongues, right? Mm-hmm. And so she just sends out these healing messages. And I don't know, I found myself completely transformed through the experience. Now, as a spiritual coach, do you find yourselves at times maybe going into a dark place? Because you're still human, right? Um and if you do, how do you combat that now day to day? Right. So, for example, um, we just did our Work Happy Retreat or workshops here in Brooklyn at mm-hmm. the Rough Draft this past week weekend. And Anna, who is our Work Happy you know, VP of sales and mm-hmm. our camp counselor, we like to call her. She is like this production, like warrior goddess, right? Hello, Anna. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and she just goes in and, and it's like crazy just like running around and everything and of course I, I feel it in my solar plexus mm. and I, get, I just get overwhelmed because before clients come in mm-hmm. I start to open up you know right. Right. to receive their yes. messages well there's like five people in this space they're running around moving stuff and I'm like oh god I do not feel good so I go in the bathroom I'm like vomiting wow like 10 minutes before everybody starts coming in because my solar plexus is just on fire yeah. i was just so anxious and i'm shaking and everything and at the same time that process was revealing to some of the fears i had inside of me 
about doing something completely different, coming here. I mean, I'm human, right? Like, yeah, right. we're all doing something new every day. And right? you're also coming yeah. to, the, to a skeptic state, you know, not so San Diego, West right. Coast. Like, here right. New Yorkers are like, ah, is that real? You know? yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. um, you know, at that point, I was just like, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do it because I had this fundamental choice of being in the moment of doing my work, which is ultimately healing Mm -hmm. or succumbing to the anxiety and the energy that I was feeling Mm -hmm. and going, it shows over, it's canceled, throwing away thousands of dollars in production. Right. And I was like, poor Anna and all of Anna's hard work. No, no, she would have like strangled (laughs) me. So I just, I got up in front of everybody and I just started doing that. And in that moment I said, look guys, like I've vomited twice before you guys came in. Like the whole lecture was about the awakening, the fearless entrepreneur. Well, guess what? Like mm. I feel fear too. There sometimes the fear is not even your own. And sometimes it is deeply rooted. Well, right. Because right. if you're an intuitive to your point, you pick up on other energy. So yeah. sometimes, and you're a healer at the end of the day, that's what you do, right? Like you heal people. Um, and so it's like when you pick up someone's, how do you tell the difference? Yeah, I have to say it goes through some protocols that I've learned to to do in okay. my own thing of like kind of sorting out because I right. kind of have my way of picking out the roots of different things. So I, I work through the roots of, in a simultaneous way. Okay. And then I realize, okay, okay, this there's so many components. It's not just one thing. Yeah. So um, for me, when I realized that I had, oh, some fears about this whole Thing and what's going to happen for me and blah 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 but also simultaneously I was feeling her thing I learned to have to learn different techniques for that mm-hmm. first and foremost I will never be there when she's pr- putting up an event I will just show Lesson up five works. minutes yeah. <laughs> I will not do that and then the thing is is that I have to tap into myself and get grounded too just go more inward right exactly because yeah. the answer is not on the outside it's always on the inside there you go. You hear that, Brujas, right? Answers on the inside. That's right. Not on the outside. Um, do you also do therapy for couples? Have you done oh, that before? Yes. That is probably, a, you know, where a lot of money comes in. Okay. <laughs> because dysfunctional couples, you know, and I don't mean that in dysfunctional as in like they're bad people. It's just that, I mean, I coach every kind of couple. Mm-hmm. Divorced couples come in, married couples, dating couples, engaged couples, and even polyamorous swingers those kinds of things and i would have to say in that experience there's so many different layers to that like past life and like what's the spiritual purpose of polyamory because some people are not into it but there's there's a it's a path for some people right you know um homosexuality um transgender i mean there's always a spiritual response to these ways that we express sexuality or romance right right Mm -hmm. so i've seen all sorts of different case studies from that and i have to say like a lot of my business is executive couples interesting so Mm -hmm. i want to go back to something you said you said um you know the the swinger type couples like there is a spiritual kind of like inclination to have that kind of relationship can you go into that a little bit yeah for example i have a really cool couple they're a polyamoristic couple um he's an executive in pharmaceuticals she's in you know the art world and they come from broken marriages and they found each other and they were not polyamorous or you know Mm -hmm. swingers or whatever from before but in their marriage they seem to have found that expression Mm-hmm. and doing many, many sessions with them almost for two years, and they're absolutely fabulous, is that you learn that there's past life issues, and many times they're in past lives they were Mormon, 
And so they have that influence of being Mormon, you know, the uh, polygamist sect that they, right. they are. The psyche mm-hmm. behind that. Right. Yeah. So that and that religious spiritual belief about that. Um, sometimes they had, you know, abusive relationships in a past life and they're reconciling mm-hmm. that. But I have to say, I found through their expression of love that for them, their definition of love was love that cannot be broken between time, space, and distance. Mm-hmm. And that was how they expressed it was through pa- polyamory. And they meet many different people. No Some external forces could break their uh, connection. Exactly. Right. And they're super close. They're a really fun couple. They're really nice people. Very generous. And they have different lovers. And I have to say, it takes a lot of emotional maturity to be in that type of relationship. Yes, Tell me about for it, sure. Jesus. I think little by little, the our society is starting to learn about them, which is why I wanted to talk about them. Because at first, it was a very shameful thing. Mm-hmm. It was a very... Um, outlandish thing to to be in an open relationship right or anything of the sort so that's why i wanted to talk about that because it's slowly becoming the norm so i think that a lot of people see is them it a little oh bit. And we yeah. have big love with hbo yeah. oh, right, right, you know. right 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 and more and more news stories are coming out about us because they have um certain boundaries and certain rules and how to make it work and it's not just like it's not just for sex yeah no 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 it's not for sex and and in fact i do a lot of sessions with them and there's a lot of spiritual lessons that come out for them beyond sex it's like learning how to love people and accept total personal freedom like can you say that if you're in a couple no matter what kind of couple it is to feel totally 100 percent free like really i've never felt that way not married so I might have to pay you a visit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, for real. No, I'm being real. Like, this is real. It's, but I feel like a lot of relationships that I'm around don't behave so freely, you know? And I think there's something to go into deeper and understand that it might not even be that person you're with. It might be you. Or yeah. Or your trauma or whatever your past life brings to that table. Mm. It usually is. It usually I'm looking is. For that. I'm looking for that in love. To be free in mm. terms of completely myself, completely at ease to grow completely at ease to i don't know there are sides of me that i'm still exploring right so can you be on board like can we grow together Mm -hmm. i can be eccentric i can be quiet i could be intro introverted i could be extroverted so it you know can somebody be along for the ride with that that's that's my thing and that's my definition of freedom absolutely and at the same time be okay and totally free and at peace within themselves while you're off with somebody else right that's a whole new level yeah and uh, for me, life. when I see this couple, I, I find them to be very emotionally evolved. I mean, they're very conscious about their relationship. Sure, they come in often because they, they don't want to make mistakes. So they come in often to be like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Right. Because right. um, mm-hmm. it does take a lot of conscious work and effort. Um, but I have to say, like, they're one of my favorite couples because they really put a lot of conscious effort in loving unconditionally. Right. Wow, that's very tough. Yeah. Yeah. I've only heard of that kind of love with between a mother and her child. Right. (laughs) To be be quite honest, like to love without condition is so difficult. And even to love yourself without condition. Absolutely. Right. Love, right? Right. You preach on this a lot on your site. Mm -hmm. um, Self-love and self-care. And do you think that can you reach that emotional maturity through just focusing on your self-love and self-care first and foremost? Before right. you're even diving into like your couple or your relationship, right? Well, who was it? Was it RuPaul that said, "If you don't love yourself, who in the hell, who in the hell else will?" Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I totally believe that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, for me, that's just such an important thing because if you love and nourish yourself, and you're honest with yourself, and you have a healthy relationship with yourself, that relationship will transfer into other relationships right. in your life. 
-hmm. And sometimes we're so self-judgmental. It's not even a joke. We carry that pain inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We criticize ourselves. It's like, let it go. Because mm-hmm. if you can accept who you are, you can begin to explore who you are. Right, mm-hmm. right. Just be, right? Just go with that flow that you're supposed to. Whatever yeah. your flow is. Right. Yeah. But that's like the hardest part, right? Like the Easier letting go. Yeah. Right, right. Because I know I look at parts of myself that I like and maybe don't love. And I can I can accept those. I can even love those. But how do you let go? How do you Have you had patients ask you that? Because it, it sounds as if like it sounds so easy. Like I'm going to let go of such and such a thing. But like, is there a practice? Is there any advice that you have for patients that have trouble doing that? I feel um, one of the best techniques that I learned, and this is a little bit different from, you know, um, the context of relationships. I actually just recently read a book called The Money Formula. Mm-hmm. And in it is a technique. It's seven steps, 15 minutes or less. And it teaches you how to completely change your relationship with money. And it really is when you think the word money or Mm -hmm. anything at all, there's always a thought and an emotional feeling that you feel. Mm -hmm. Always. Those two always come Mm -hmm. together. And what I've learned, and you could apply this to anything, whether it's self-image or if it's money or if it's, you know, work, you go into that concept and begin to explore the roots of that. Mm -hmm. Typically, they go into childhood through patterns. And when we go into this, we examine our beliefs and how that shapes our paradigm of the world and how we create our dynamics with other people and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you go and explore that, it's almost like it changes everything. So you go in, you recognize the negative connotation, mm. neutralize it by understanding, developing understanding, and then replace it with a positive one. So it's really going like if you look at something that you don't like on your body, for example, you begin to go, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Correct it and mm. then replace it with a positive um, sensation and a feeling that then becomes a, integrated in a part of you. Mm-hmm. That's a manageable tool. Yeah. That's something And if I you do, do it, it's all little steps, right? Ex- it's not like yes. you just Super simple. Start with the little things that really have been bothering you. And even something silly, like some women don't feel pretty without makeup, right? And it's okay to love makeup, but you should still feel pretty without makeup, right? Yeah, and that's totally. like self-image, like you were saying. Um, so that could be something simple to be like, okay, I'm going to learn to just love myself. And I'm okay with maybe like I have, like I have bags under my eyes every day, you know, but I choose to be okay with it because I don't take the time to wear makeup (laughs) so i had to in a way because i'm like i don't even like makeup but i realized that there's flaws but i'm okay with my flaws right Mm -hmm. um i think for me the biggest under the big thing for people especially because i host host a uh, feminist book club Mm. a lot of women come with ancestral trauma so things that you know happen to their childhood it always for some reason, is their childhood. It isn't really like a teenage issue. Let's shut them out. It's called La Bruja's Club, guys. La Bruja's Club. I'm like, I'm like Natalie Spear. I'm like, girl, <laughs> shut them out. PR. It's a wonderful <laughs> movement. Um, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So it's La Bruja's Club. I host it in New York. It's a radical bookstore. I get a lot of intersectional feminists there, um, women of color, people of color. Um, and a lot of, it's always like very heavy and it always comes down to tears because they always feel like they finally have a community of women that give a shit. Right. You know, and that sounds crazy because we live in New York City where there's so many people Mm. and yet so many of them feel lonely absolutely and alone and i'm glad to provide this safe place for them but sometimes you know i'm still a human developing and learning my own flaws and being okay with it so all i could do is provide a listening ear um which is sometimes all they need but sometimes just hearing that what you say like if i could share that with them that would be amazing like just start with that one thing that's really bothering you and get to that root and then neutralize it yes and just work on that for the week you know yeah Mm. Little steps is my point. Sometimes yeah. we want to just go to the shaman, 
do the ayahuasca get healed whatever you know within 24 hours but they don't realize those demons could come back a week later oh totally yeah. i mean seriously when i started doing readings like i literally had never done it professionally i just started getting messages from spirit and they mm-hmm. would be accurate and i'm like okay so i rented a tiny little office the size of a bathroom in oceanside california and I hung up my shingle and I just started doing straight up readings and people would come and they would, I mean, it was hundred percent accurate all the time, but then I was not feeling fulfilled and I felt like I wasn't moving them into the right direction. Right, right. And I was like, there's no way I could just do readings alone. Like I have to do energy work. I have to do coaching because people need to be reoriented. Correct. Right. People want to come in. They want to get the message from spirit. Sometimes just knowing something is enough. You know, uh, you know, oh, this is going to be okay or whatever. They forgive you or, right. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you have to look in and examine, you know, and to really look inside yourself. You got to put the, the work in, you know, yeah. like the shadow work, like they say. Yes. Right. Finding out is just the first step. Yeah. Self-awareness is just the first step to like self-mastery. So yeah. There's like so many things in between. Well, knowledge <laughs> goes through. Knowledge is really, you know, wisdom and through application. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really like, well, really, to be to be accurate, so wisdom is knowledge and application. So you can know something but if you don't apply it. Like, how are you going to become a master of that? Exactly. You see what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. What do your parents say about you, the woman, the healer, after knowing first off that first time that they kind of put you through a very difficult time as a child? Or maybe they don't know. How do they what do they say about your career now? Well, I haven't spoken to my dad in about 10 years. OK, mm-hmm. so sometimes you just have to go your own way. Right. I love my dad. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful for him. I accredit so much of my personality and, and my success to him because mm-hmm. he's a super hard worker and I feel like I get that. Not a hard worker, but dedicated. Um, but my mom, on the other hand, she actually is um, kind of like a pastor in a church, like very like Pentecostal, wow. you know, like wow. really like Religious. fundamental mm-hmm. Christian, right? So the funny thing is, is that my mom and my grandmother, my Lola in the Philippines, we call it, mm-hmm. very psychic themselves. Wow. So for my mom, she's pretty okay about that, you know, the Holy Spirit and all of that. Right, right. But the thing that she always wants to make sure is that, you know, am I living my life the right way? I'm not like playing with the devil, quote right, unquote. Right. You know? And I think after seeing the fruit on my tree, she's very comfortable with that. Because mm-hmm. right, you, right. you got to know. She sees that it's it's about love. There's yeah, love absolutely. There. Yeah. yeah. Did you always know that about your mom, that she had any psychic abilities? Yeah, like, she know? would always say, oh, I got this dream and, you know, I had this vision and stuff. But she never actually, like, applied it in a professional content. Mm. Um, so and she, the religion's not going to make it easier for her either, you know, because they shame. They shame that intuition. They shame the feminine divine, I think, in many levels, which is why I love, I love all religions. But I always say... Um, it's good to be spiritual before you're even religious, right? Because religion is something that was man-applied, but spirituality is something we're born with. Yeah. Um, we don't have to be told by a pastor or a priest, this is what you have. It's This is what you know you have. Like you said, I was seeing um, visions. Like you already knew. You didn't need the shaman to probably even tell you that. They just validated yeah. what you already Most knew. Most of the time it is validation. That's yes. all you need, right? right. We're, we're not empowered. crazy. I mean, our mm-hmm. intuition, and I think this is the reason why my publicist and, you know, my marketing people have, are like, p- distance yourself from that. I think it's n- really truly because intuition and psychic and all of this, this is as natural as the sun that comes up in the morning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But people put it in the mystical corner. 
Mm-hmm. And it's this mystical thing of magic like powers. Esoteric, right? Yeah. Like, so avant-garde. Right. The cult status, right? Yes. But, but with guys, when they're in a business meeting, you see them all the time in their office. Like, I had this gut feeling and stuff. Gut is your solar plexus, right? It's your yeah. seat of your life. Like, but God forbid they call it intuition. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right? They have dreams. They have their gut you mm-hmm. know, feeling all the time. But nobody says, oh, you're crazy. We need to hang you up upside down and whip you, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Oh, or that's or fine. Or worse, burn you at the stake, right? right. Like they did back in the days. That's yeah. Right. Um, I'm going to shift to something that I love, love, love out of everything you do, right? It's because I was a little girl and I had this psychic. My mom was a, was a psychic. Oh, and cool. she also was a medium. So I grew up being around these esoteric kind of weird things. It used to freak me out as a kid growing up. I got used to it. Now I embrace it fully. Um, but she brought me to this lady once who sh- her main thing was to tell you with destination you your spirit belongs in like as like like where you should live because that's where your spirit is asking to be oh your vibration Mm. and stuff yeah Yeah, and so all she all she ever told me was that you need to be near water Oh. But now in hindsight, I'm like, I'm also, my zodiac side is cancer. I'm a water oh, sign. Oh, are you? There yeah. you go. Um, so I just thought maybe she said that because it's like a given, right? Yeah. But how do you tune into that as a psychic? How do you like help people understand where their ultimate like location should be in the world? Hmm, that's a good question. Actually, I haven't thought about that before. Um, for me, I really focus on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what did your soul agree to do before you were born? And then I help my clients tap into that. Mm. And honestly, some people, um, they, they travel the world. Some people don't. Um, and I think the most important thing for me instead of location, honestly, is to um, really truly honor what you're here to do and really uh, in full abandon give yourself to that mm-hmm. completely and totally I think Oprah mm-hmm. said to some hater the other day like life is calling for you like you know stop the resistance to it or something she said right, in a tweet right, she's right. like just go for it and I feel like that's really where my place is is like Oprah's w- also your client clearly I wish <laughs> <laughs> I wish Oprah girl We're talking to the universe Call it's, Leslie. it's me hey <laughs> but I think really it's almost like um, instead of your destination what's your path mm-hmm. I, I would say that was really where I am there you go. What's your path? Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to include that we didn't get to ask you? Oh, gosh. Um, or any advice for, for the youth, for the for our demographic, which is a lot of um, women of color, a lot of Latinas, mm-hmm. a lot of millennial women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at our Work Happy Workshop in Brooklyn the other day, actually, that was all pretty much all we had, minority men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Not one white. No, not one white man. It was all minority men and women, Asians, black, Hispanic. Right. Um, and I thought that was absolutely fabulous because my clientele, to be honest, is mm-hmm. majority white mm-hmm. uh, men and women who are affluent, obviously. Right. Um, and that's the reason why I'm, I'm reorienting to, I still do one-on-ones, obviously, but reorienting to do more events so that we can reach more people at a different price point. Right, right, right. And I realize that it's so important because, hey, I am a minority myself. You know, I'm half right. Filipino, half white. And and um, we need to reach out to these communities. I mean, honestly, when I was driving through parts of Brooklyn, I mean, I was crying because I just was like, oh, my God, it's so dirty. It's really, like, developing in so many ways. Yeah. And these people in so many ways are feeling helpless and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just going, like, I am in the right place at the right time because I want to bring that feeling of abundance to our people. 
right? And, and I don't say our people like Asians or Americans or whatever. I mean, people of ethnic minorities. Well, in marginalized America. people. At yeah, the the marginalized right. people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it was really like, oh my God, it was very sobering. And I think it's very fortunate that I have clients who pay me a very nice rate. Mm-hmm. But it's also great to be able to create products um, and services and events to bring more uh, people who are marginalized as well as write books and things. So that's so important for me to reach out to these people because I was I was a beneficiary of charity and philanthropy at one point in my life, and it's time for me to turn that around and reach right. these communities too. Um, you have some e-books. Mm-hmm. Um, is there one that you can suggest to our listeners that could help them on their spiritual path and um, of yeah. abundance for right. 2018? Well, so I'm in the process of getting um, the Money Formula published, so we're shopping it around, and it's been well received. So I'm very excited about that actually in Asia. Um, large population there who are in fact you know into fortune tellers and they're into like abundance and stuff so that's Mm -hmm. a good market Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have a book called spiritual ideals for leaders and that one is a series of beautiful illustrations um, with a South African artist and that I had done with meditations on career and leadership and that's one of my favorites that I like you can get that on um, Amazon and I have an app that's going to be coming out in the next month or so. Um, and that's all about career, too. But doing awesome. it, it's like a kind of like What's an oracle card. What's the name so you can look out for it? Um, it's the Happiness Decks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's what it'll be called, Happiness Decks? Yes. And the first one's going to be the career version. Nice. And so it is kind of like oracle cards, but not oracle cards. No, I love it. I love, it. I love <laughs> okay. the angle. I love yeah. the, the application right. of spirituality to finance and abundance. Because I don't think that we have found, I haven't found the happy place yet. You know, um, I think I'm trying to get there without selling my soul yet again to another corporation. Yeah. Um, hence, Morado Lens has been kind of that platform for me personally, I could say. Um, and I can even speak for Cindy, I think, on that level. Like, this has helped us just blossom as women yeah. on a different our own, level. In a yeah. very yeah. different level. Yeah, we started this in 2015. And I think I think we've talked about this before. Like, Natalie was like, this is going to be, like, awesome. Like, a, kind of like a, like a passion project outlet. And I already had in mind, I'm like, oh, no, we're going to, like, reach so many women. Like, we're going to be talking about things that people talk about in private. And we're finally going to be talking about it on, like, a bigger platform. And she's like, really? You had a whole idea from, like, I just saw it. I saw she's it like, happening. She's like, I already had to add dollars in place, too. I was like, <laughs> awesome. I'm like, I saw it happening because I've, I've had these same conversations in very different circles as I've traveled with my family, with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important. Like, spirituality still has this very, like, hokey you yeah. know connotation to it and yeah. now slowly especially now it's slowly it's, but surely it's, it's changing yeah. in a positive way yeah and that's what we want to do for for women who listen to us and more totally mm-hmm. i mean uh, wealth and abundance and success is indeed very natural mm-hmm. very spiritual and to tap into that and to empower women especially to go hey we're not disenfranchised group that we have power mm-hmm. tap into it mm-hmm. awaken it break all your barriers set yourself free we got a whole new world exactly yeah. and helping each other out that's right that's a force to be reckoned with Ooh. hello <laughs> <laughs> global sorority right exactly <laughs> so tell our listeners where they can find uh more of you your that's website right. your instagram handle yeah totally this is it you can find me at instagram uh, at, at leslie inc on facebook official leslie inc and of course our website at leslieinc.org and our happiness blog leslieinc.org forward slash blog and that's leslie l-e-s-l-i-e mm-hmm. inc 
yep. Leslie Inc. And that's Chief Happiness Officer at Leslie Inc. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. That's and I appreciate pleasure. your abundance knowledge to all our people. Yeah. And um, and for all the couples, I'll be reaching out to you soon, Leslie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. This is Nat. And this is Cindy. And this is Marada Lens. Peace. Peace. Peace.